I'm Damian Bulwa, Managing Editor of the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth and Mission, a San Francisco wedding was held in defiance of the city's coronavirus rules. Now, the bride, the groom, and some guests have tested positive. Reporter Matthias Gaffney, who broke the story, is back with us to talk about the fateful wedding, the city's warnings to the Catholic Archdiocese, and about how, around the country, secretly held group events have helped spread COVID-19 and have sparked outrage. Matthias, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. An amazing story. Uh, It came out in the Sunday Chronicle, and it's online. Set the stage for me. This story begins at a church that probably a lot of people are familiar with, the Saints Peter and Paul Church that's along Washington Square Park in North Beach. Yeah, I recently went to a a vow renewal for some friends at that church, so I'm very familiar with it. Um, It's, uh, you know, this is uh, early in July. It's, uh, you know, the heart of the pandemic and um, basically this afternoon wedding, like any other, except uh, the guests show up and are, are instructed by the bride's father in an email shortly before the wedding to park in this underground garage, uh, that's adjacent to the, to the church. And they're instructed to go through this back door where they'll be led into the church to avoid any visibility, um, because, uh, there's concerns about the public seeing a church happening when there's not supposed to be these large gatherings indoors. And so, uh, they the guests start showing up and there's someone a representative of the church kind of ushering them into the in there but meanwhile the city attorney's office has been tipped off to this to this uh wedding and they try to get a hold of the archdiocese but can't and they send an attorney down to the scene literally wedding crashing the wedding and when he arrives he talks to this individual who says he's running the wedding for the church who then goes inside and never shows back up and so this attorney goes into the wedding and there's photographers setting up inside and and there's guests dressed up and um, there's pews marked off. Uh, and eventually uh, the pastor of the church comes down and they have a discussion and the city official tells them you have to do this outside and you can't have all these people and you need to be masked. And so eventually this young couple gets married on a basketball court outside with less people you know, we we re-reviewed photographs of the actual ceremony where it looked like more than 12 people and it didn't look like people were wearing masks um, for most of it. And they get married while those guests who had planned on being inside the church watched from their cars on a Zoom, a live feed of it. And, you know, the, the, they eventually, you know, this, this bridal party and uh, bride and groom also had a rehearsal dinner in San Francisco the night before, and they wound up having a reception out in the East Bay in the hours after that ceremony. All right, let's let's establish a few things. I mean, first of all, uh, people have probably attended a lot of people's Zoom, Zoom weddings. Um, we know about a lot of frustrated couples who have had their uh, wedding plans sort of hijacked by the pandemic. So I want to set up a few things here. Number one, Matthias, why are you reporting in such great detail about uh, this couple's wedding? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I think you're right. There's all of us probably know or have been invited to a wedding or know people who are getting married who have put it off, who have, you know, understood, you know, they're dealing with caterers and DJs 
and churches and venues and they're having to jump through hoops to postpone these weddings um, and put them off or do some type of alternative to keep people um, safe. And yet this one kind of balked at all that. And while they postponed it a couple months, they wound up um, going through with it at, you know, when we're seeing another peaking of uh, uh, the pandemic locally and, and elsewhere around the country. And, you know, this, what is really um, is raising um, eyebrows and causing concern among people is with the Catholic church's role in this whole thing. And literally just days before this wedding happens, the city attorney's office for San Francisco fires a letter to the archdiocese saying a cease and desist letter saying you have been holding these massive, these mass gatherings, uh, large gatherings inside that are not allowed under the health order by the city and you must stop. And they send this letter, the archdiocese um, a couple days later responds saying there was some confusion. We thought we were still allowed to do this. Um, and I should say that the city attorney's office in their cease and desist letter points out this very church, Saints Peter and Paul, for violating this health order numerous times before the wedding, saying that they were having Sunday mass. They And then one Sunday mass, they finally shut down. They were still doing weekday mass. And even on the church's website, uh, they, they announced the stoppage of mass by saying, calling it disturbing news for parishioners. Um, that we're, we we will have to be doing these these masks online now for you, and so they were given incredible amounts of warning by the city that they were in violation. And yet, just days after that, there's this uh, subterfuge wedding that happens with you know the church organizing it, as is what the city count city city attorney's office found. And so, all that context with this all the dangers that are in and the outbreaks that um, have happened from these super spreader events, you know, made for just an incredible uh, story about how this wedding actually could go off despite all of that. All right. I, I feel like we have to establish one more thing, Matias, because when we started the podcast, you said that you had attended a renewal of vow ceremony at the very church. So all of a sudden I'm a little concerned. <laughs> This oh this was like two years ago so this was this is back when we oh, had like you know right, normal right. normal Clear things happening uh, but uh, I'm very familiar with the church I lived in the city for many years and I think anyone who's been to the city knows this church is right outside Washington Square and is beautiful and I think Joe DiMaggio got married there and it's it's uh, and that's frankly why the, the the bride and groom in this situation had their parents and grandparents who married there and that's why they wanted to have it done there. All right, Matthias, before we take a break, I just want to ask you about the response from both the archdiocese and the local church. Um, now that the city has had, came to the wedding, sent a, an inspector to it, and now that you've written a story. Yeah, so the archdiocese was definitely kind of pushing any sort of uh, responsibility toward the very local parish level. They said they didn't know about any wedding. They said they were honoring the health order as required by the city and that oftentimes things happen at the parish level that they can't control. There's 89 parishes that they oversee and they can't make sure of every um, incident and event that's put on there. So that's kind of the archdiocese um, response. And I reached out to the parish and spoke to 
um, the pastor of the church who was mentioned in that letter from the city attorney's office who confronted was confronted by the city attorney representative. And he basically said that, look, the, the church is very popular. We are, we actually, he says, you know, we get this stop order just days before this couple is supposed to be married. Um, you know, if I stop right there, technically this, these weddings have been banned for long before that stop order came in. Um, you know, it depends on the archdiocese says there was confusion about that, but the city would argue that no, there was no confusion. So, but anyway, if you take him for his word, he says it's just days before the wedding, they get the stop order. So they felt bad for this couple who had this wedding planned and had all these people coming in from various parts of the country. So they wanted to give them a ceremony and a service of some kind. And he says that it was supposed to be an outdoor service abiding by all the rules uh, and that the church's front doors were locked because they didn't want tourists to come in, although it wasn't going to be an indoor wedding. So I'm not sure exactly what that would have, um, you know, helped the wedding. But regardless, he said it was to stop tourists and other people from coming in and that there was supposed to be an outdoor wedding. And it was his surprise when that all these people started showing up, these guests and and the the bride's um, father ushered them out when he when they learned of it and they went to the outside and listened to the orders and that it was a big misunderstanding and there was no attempts to hide anything from anyone. So that's that's the local church's response. All right, let's take a quick break. Matthias, you're listening to Fifth and Mission. We'll be right back. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. Welcome back. I'm Damian Bulwa. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. Reporter Matthias Gaffney is with us, and we're talking about this clandestine wedding in San Francisco that Matthias wrote about for Sunday's Chronicle, and its story is online as well. Um, Matthias I, I want to ask you about, um, before we go further, about the sort of response to the story that you've gotten. I know that um, the, the, the responses are coming in on social media, to your email. What kinds of things are people saying? Uh, largely, uh, people are just completely upset by it, um, fed up. Everyone's put their life on a hold, and they see people who who go around the edges to have these events which lead to infections, which just perpetuates this entire uh, pandemic. And it stretches out everyone else's time having to shelter in place. So I think people are incredibly fed up. And and I think they feel like it's to the next level where there's just this um, clandestine way to get around the rules um, that really rubs people the wrong way. That being said, I'm also getting a lot of response from people who, particularly people who are religious, and have issues with uh, the uh, uh, rules set against um, how you can worship God and uh, go about your religious uh, services. And in particular, I'm hearing from people who are saying that and also saying, well, why aren't you writing about what these these protesters who are out there on the streets um, and, and how they're getting affected and how they're spreading the disease and so they are saying that it's a double standard. All right. That said, Matthias, what is the absolute latest on how many positive tests came after this wedding and rehearsal dinner and reception? So we know uh, from talking to people who attended the wedding and who were familiar with um, 
folks who uh, wound up testing positive. The bride and groom have tested positive. Um, the the uh, bride's parents have. And we believe approximately 10 people um, at least um, were being conservative on that. Uh, those are the ones that we're sure about um, from our sourcing. Uh, and of those, we know that they those people traveled back to Nashville, Arizona, San Diego. So real hot spots of the coronavirus. And so, you know, you know, this one thing about people who got infected um, at these weddings and ceremonies and whatnot. But then it's, you know, the restaurants they go to for the rehearsal dinner. It's the wait staff at uh, the reception who's serving them. It's the frankly, the people who are volunteers in the church who are helping with this service. Um, who you you wonder if they get um, infected by it and then where they go and you know you know it just um, and of course they're taking flights back to these um, these places so you worry about that as well. Matthias, I assume you've reached out to the bride and groom and family. Have they said anything? Not the immediate family. No, um, reached out to um, all pretty much the entire wedding party and haven't heard back. We did find on social media. Um, folks who are close to the wedding party who, who commented basically saying how, you know, just, this is so happy for the bride who had to go through so much stuff to get this wedding to happen. Cancellations by caterers, you know, reception halls, uh, and go walking through the church incident and how just a half hour before they're supposed to get married, it got pushed outside and, and meanwhile, they see in Washington Square people um, lounging around on the park, you know, without social distancing and masks. Um, so they're kind of upset that uh, their their wedding inside the church got pushed outside when there's people they saw or they say they saw outside without um, doing social distancing. So and basically uh, uh, that person was, you know, thanking God for um, helping them steer them through this wedding that was so challenging. And the the guest said it was the most beautiful wedding I have ever been to, right? Correct. Yes, so it was. <laughs> some positive. Um, okay, so Matthias, lastly, what does the city say? Um, you know, they had warned the Catholic Church, you said, just a few days before, and here they have to send a representative to this, to break this event up. Uh, what now? Yeah, so originally, um, back in late J- June, after the original... Um, issues they were having with the archdiocese and their churches not following these rules, they threatened a uh, restraining order against the church to force them to abide by these rules. They seemed to get a voluntary um, uh, agreement with the church to no longer do that. But then this wedding happens, right? And so now we've when we're reporting on it, the they wrote the archdiocese about the wedding incident on July seventh. So we're a little bit away from that, a ways away from that now, and there hasn't been any official um, issuing of a restraining order or anything officially on the books as far as punishment uh, for that. The city attorney's office isn't talking about um, if there's anything in store uh, for that, and frankly, there's not much out. You know, there's different um, uh, government agencies that are looking at making fines for people who aren't who are violating these types of um, health orders um, but there's not a ton of teeth uh, necessarily there for the city to to really do much but they could um, take a step to um, uh, force the church to comply 
Now, obviously, a lot of the interest in this story and, and the reason I think you told it would be, was because there's tension everywhere over people feeling cooped up, wanting to have these special events. We keep seeing them. They're dangerous. Um, other people are reacting to them. Is this a tension that's going to continue on? Is there any way around it? Or are we going to keep seeing this kind of thing? Oh, I, I absolutely think we're going to keep seeing this kind of thing. I think we're going to see people who are fed up with these uh, these delays. They want to go on with their lives. They're desperate to go on with their lives. They have these monumental moments in their life that they're postponing, um, you know, not once, not twice, but they and they don't see kind of the light at the end of the tunnel here. So people are going to be pushing the boundaries. And I think for the most part, most people um, I'd like to think are following the rules. And I think that fury on that side of those people who are see these other people who aren't following the rules and that just exacerbates the problem and, and extends everyone's sheltering in place and not going to school and not going to your cousin's wedding, that they're going to be furious and, and um, really uh, take out the claws when they see these kind of things happen and uh, let people know it's not okay. All right, Matthias, thank you so much for joining us. Really fascinating story. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Damien. Thanks to my guest today, staff writer Matthias Gaffney, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. <laughs>